Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Back in 2002, Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, wrote this book, phenomenal book. The book was entitled The Purpose Driven Life. And in 2002, it was, it was a, phenom- a phenomenal book. By the year 2007, it had sold 30 million copies worldwide. To date, it is over 60 million copies sold. The Purpose Driven Life, written by Pastor Rick Warren in 2002, is the second most translated book in the world. Do you know what it's second to? The Bible. When I read that, I said to myself, that is deep. What does that say? The Purpose Driven Life, over 60 million copies sold since 2002 worldwide. It's the second most translated book next to the Bible. What does this say about the world we live in? My first thought was over 60 million people bought this book. There are a lot of avid readers in the world. There are people still buying hard copies and stuff. But my real thought was 60 plus million people Now, watch this. That's how many have sold. We're not talking about the people who said, yo, you need to read this book. We're not talking about the people who gave the gift that kept on giving. They gave the book to a friend. We don't know how many people's lives this book has touched. But what that tells me is that there are over 60 million people in the world who are trying to figure out what their purpose is in life. There are over 60 million people in this entire world who are trying to figure out the meaning of life. There are over 60 million people who purchased this book looking for an answer to the question of why do I exist? And I'm, I'm, I'm confident that those readers and those people who bought that book were not only Christians. I am confident that those people, if it's been translated in that many languages all over this world, there are people desperate to figure out, God, where do I fit in in the grand scheme of things? God, what piece of this puzzle do I do? Am, do I create for this, for this whole masterpiece you're trying to create? God, where do I fit in in this thing? And you know why people are asking that question? Because we've accumulated wealth. We, we've got our families. Uh, we've been promoted. Uh, we've had the degrees. We, we, we've done all of these wonderful things in life. But you know what? Something is still missing. I, I've traveled the world. 
I've got I've got a beautiful trophy wife and trophy family and a beautiful trophy house and a beautiful trophy car. I go to an amazing church. I've got everything I need, but yet something is missing. So what is my purpose in life? Because this is not it. Some people think that, you know what, I want to, you know, uh, it's so many. I talk to kids all the time, and, and when, you, when you have these conversations about money with them, everybody wants to be rich, right? Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody. I mean, when we led this thing, everybody was like, yo, I ain't have to deal with bills, man. Money, what? Money was not an object? Yeah. We all could use a, a few more dollars in our paycheck, right? Hmm? Y- y'all can confess. I mean, hey, I'm confessing. We all could use a few more. In this world we live, the economy is changing. You know, things are getting more expensive and you're getting paid less. Your boss is getting bonuses, but you haven't seen a Christmas bonus in five years. Let's be honest here. Let's tell the truth. We could all use a little bit more. But here's what I know, that rich people aren't sleeping at night. Here's what I know, quote, unquote, successful CEOs aren't sleeping at night. So what are they doing to find out, to fill that void? Here's what they're doing. They're using drugs. They're cheating on their wives. They're doing all types of stuff. They're taking medication to try to get some sleep. Because they thought that wealth was their answer to happiness. They thought that wealth and accumulating stuff was their way to happiness. And today I want to share a story with you about a man in the Bible who had a whole lot of money. He had more wisdom than anybody in the Bible. He had a whole bunch of wives and some side chicks. I want to tell you, and in the end, toward the end of his life, he felt, you know what? I've done all of these things. I've got a good name. But, man, it's got to get better than this. What is my purpose? So if you have your Bible, if you have your notes, we're going to go Old Testament today. And I'm going to be reading from the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. And through the process of elimination, we'll start this journey in discovering what God's purpose is for our lives. This is what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And I want to share this with you. What's God's purpose for you is not what God's purpose for you is not. We're going to do this process of elimination, okay? Ecclesiastes 2, 9 and 11 says this. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. This is, watch how he describes it. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. King Solomon, one of the wealthiest and wisest kings there ever was in Old Testament Scripture. 
King Solomon, a man who had built many buildings, temples, had a vineyard, so he had the best wine there was, I'm sure. King Solomon, who had 700 wives and 300 concubines in other nations, and this was before Viagra. King Solomon (laughs) had it going on. And he says, all of these things I've accumulated was just like in the end, I figured out it's just like chasing wind. If, If this was a science class, I would say, class, let's get up and go outside and chase the wind. And, and, and you'd all look at me like, what? And if the wind was blowing, that would make it even a little bit easier because you can feel it. Well, if it's blowing this way, I'm going to chase it that way. But, you know, sometimes the wind can start this way and then it'll go in a circle. And if we go out right now where there's no wind, it's almost impossible to chase it because we don't know from which direction it's flowing. Now, I know science says it flows, what is it, west to east or east to west? How does it flow? Something like that. But here's the thing. The bottom line is we don't know where the wind started and where it ended, and chasing it is impossible is what he's trying to say. It's like chasing wind. You'd be going in circles trying to figure out where it started, where it ended, where is it going, where is it going to turn next. We can't do it. And then trying to figure out our purpose in life on our own, it's impossible. That's what he's saying in essence. Trying to figure out why you're here on this earth is impossible. We could be just like Solomon. We can, 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 can listen to our parents and say, you know what, you are a Santiago or you are a Rawl. And Rawls, this is how we operate. You are a Santiago. And Santiago's, all Santiago's are doctors and lawyers. And, 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 and we're Morehouse men or we're this and we're that. And they can describe and identify who you are according to your name. And you would think that's my purpose is to listen. My great granddaddy was a, you know, was a pastor or a church builder. And, and, and my granddaddy was a church builder and a pastor. And so by default, I'm going to be a pastor and church builder because that's my DNA. But I got some news for you. That may not be your purpose. If we know the story of Solomon, we know who his daddy was, right? King David. Woo, King David, before Solomon, we thought there was no greater king than David who humbly uh, worked his way to become king. So it's natural for Solomon to think, I come from David, one of the great kings. I am destined to be king, but I'm going to be even greater because God told my daddy when my daddy wanted to build this this great temple for him that I, he wasn't going to do it. It was going to be me. So I got this special covering over my life. So that is my purpose is to be a great king. And I'm going to share with you just a little bit later that that was not the purpose for King Solomon. His job, his occupation was king. He was good at his job and his occupation, one of the best there ever was. But his purpose in being good or one of the best was not exactly what he thought it was. And I'm going to reveal that to you in a minute. So your first note, if you're taking notes, is this. In, in the process of elimination, your career or your accomplishments they are not your purpose. Your career or your accomplishments, 
are not your purpose. Now, your career and your accomplishments could be the result of you pursuing your purpose. Your career or your accomplishments could be the reward of you pursuing your purpose. Your, Your career, watch this, and your accomplishments could be the thing that ignites you pursuing your purpose. But in totality, they are not your purpose. If they were, then Solomon probably would not have had to write such a scripture, or, or better yet, let me go New Testament, neither would Paul. Paul was born from good pedigree. He was born from the tribe of Benjamin. He, he was destined to be a Pharisee. He was a wise Pharisee. He knew a lot. He knew old Torah, the Old Testament, back and forth. He was the man. And then this group came up called Christians, and he was like, I'm going to be the first one to shut them down because I believe in what, we, what we're doing here. But he also realized, if you don't believe me, jump with me. If you have a Bible or a mobile app, you can read this with me in Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Watch this. Even Paul, this man had good pedigree. He came from a a, a strong line of people. Uh, uh, You know, he thought that he had it going on. And even he says this. I'm going to read from uh, chapter 3. Verse 7 through 11. Watch this. Watch what happens. This is Paul. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. What things? The hype. What things? The hype. Watch this. He was a Pharisee, a part of a group that demanded the strict disobedience of law. He was zealous. He harshly persecuted the Christian church. All of these things, his pedigree. His status, his wealth, all of those things he now says are meaningless apart from God. Isn't that interesting? Because that's what Saul said originally. I mean, Solomon said originally in the Old Testament. And now you have another great leader, a great, a great apostle for the Christian church saying, you know what, all of this stuff that I thought was powerful, all this stuff that I thought matter is meaningless. All of my studying, all of my sacrifices I made, all of the stuff that my granddaddy, my great granddaddy, my whole line did is meaningless apart from God. And oftentimes what we do is tie our purpose into our careers. Oftentimes what we do is tie our purpose and why we exist on this earth into a person. Into our accomplishments, into our jobs, into what's in or what's not in our bank accounts. And the purpose you serve is much greater than that. The reason Rick Warren's book sold that many copies in that, in, in that time frame was because that many people are not satisfied with their current life situation. They want more. There's an obvious void in their life. I don't understand it, but I need to find it. And I'm going to read this book, The Purpose Driven Life, to see if I can find what I'm supposed to be doing here on earth. And perhaps... Perhaps some of you are like that. Can I tell you all something? Before I became a Christian, that was my story. That's partially what led me to this place that I'm in now. Y'all know my testimony. I won't have to go over it, but I was lost. 
I was lost. I thought I had it going on. When I looked at my material possessions, I was in a good place. When I looked at my money, well, that was pretty solid for me at the time. When I looked at where I lived, man, I was in a good spot. When I looked at who was laying next to me, man, today that was a good day. But I was lost. I looked at that whole situation and said, man, if this is, is this how I'm going to spend the rest of my life every weekend doing what I do and still not satisfied? Something's missing. Something is missing. And some of you all in this room tonight, today, this afternoon rather, have that same struggle. Something is missing. I thought that by this age, it would look like this. I'm here. I made it to this age. I thought that once I got this job, once I got this position, it was going to be this way. I thought that once I got married, oh, my goodness, things would change. I thought that once I had this baby, all things would be different. But let me tell you, baby, you're still searching for your purpose. Yes, part of your purpose is to be husband, wife. Part of, part of your purpose in life is to be mommy, daddy. Part of your purpose in life is to be where you are now. But there's a greater thing, even greater than that. You're supposed to be, tra- if, you, if you're a parent, you're supposed to be training your child up to be the next leader of this nation. I'm not talking about America, by the way. <laughs> I'm talking about our Christian nation. Training them to train others. There's a greater purpose. As a husband or wife, you serve a greater purpose, a greater purpose. We thought it would be one way, and it's not. Why? Because we're still in pursuit, active pursuit of what God's purpose is for our lives. And as long as we're holding on to it, trying to create it, we'll never discover what our genuine purpose is on this earth which is my next point, which is my very next point. If you're taking notes, here's my very next point. I'm going to spend just a little bit more time on this one. Your second point is your purpose is God-given, not man-made. Your purpose is God-given, not man-made. Yeah, sure, you can write your goals. You can write the plans for your life each and every year and how you want to pursue them. You can, you can write your bucket list. You can do 100 life goals and all of this this stuff, you can do that. That's, that's cool. That's cool. But at the end of the day, if any of those goals don't line up to him, then we're not in sync with his purpose for our lives. And, 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 and my goal is to begin to get us to think along those lines of lining up and being in sync with his life. I would hate for any of us to get to the end of our lives and be like Solomon who busted his butt. He was ridiculed. He had a bad rep in the end. He was a great king. He was the wisest king. He did some stuff that other kings could not do. He, he, he broke down barriers in terms of commerce that, never ex- that, 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 that didn't exist before. Where, where, where before we wouldn't trade with that group of people because they're our enemies, he was like, no, I'm going to do business with them. Did some amazing things, built all of these phenomenal buildings, done some amazing things. But in the end of his life, he says, oh, my goodness, all of these decades of labor are in vain. I've been busting my tail for what? For what? 
Nothing, because in the end, I'm still not satisfied. 1,000 women, that's what I said, 700 wives, 300 concubines, could not satisfy that void. All of the money in the world which he had, technically speaking, did not satisfy that void. Being ranked the greatest did not satisfy that void. And he looks and he's in, his, in his meditation and says, you know what? I get it. He comes to a place of peace. Let me share with you. He comes to a place of peace and he gets it right here toward the end of his life. And I'll share this. This will be the last scripture I'll share. Uh, I'll share this one. And then I got one more I want to share that will finish this up. Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 11 says this. What do people really get for all their hard work? Really, what do we get? If we work on a job, we get a paycheck. <laughs> if we work at a, a corporation, we get a paycheck. If we're really good, we might get a bonus. But what do we really get is his question. I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us, on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. The desire for more, which is eternity, is planted in each of our hearts. And what we're searching for, we will not find here on earth. We won't. What we're searching for, we will not find tangibly. We won't. What we're searching for, we will not find in, 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 in anything that we can see, touch, hold, or feel. What has God has placed in all of our hearts is the desire for more, which is eternity. Eternity is heaven. It's, it's heaven. It's the glory where we all want to be. Right? If that's not you, then don't worry. We're going to get you to a place where you want to be in heaven. We're going to work with you. Start today by coming to Mosaic 101. That'll be your starting point. But honestly, that's the greatest gift. And you know why people don't get excited about it all the time? Like really get excited about it all the time? Because we can't see it. We can't Google it to see what a picture of heaven looks like. Dang, it! That's you mean to tell me we can send stuff all the way up in space, but we can't send a, a camera to heaven so we can see what it looks like in advance, and then I may have a reason to be excited? Because science can't compete with God. I don't care how hard you work on it, you'll never get a camera to heaven. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that we pursue something, we have no idea what, look, what it looks like? We're pursuing something that we have no idea what it's going to be like. But our hope is that everything that this book says it's like is genuine and authentic. Everything that it says it's like up there, we're hoping that, wow, and that's what, that's what makes us all want, I want heaven. I would rather have that than have any of the riches here on earth. There was a man who had everything. He was the greatest pop star there ever was. He had his own fantasy land at his house. He even had monkeys and dry, uh, zebras and lions and tigers and bears. And oh my, he had it all. But you know what he didn't have? Sleep. He died trying to 
sleep. Michael Jackson. Isn't that something? You would think, wow. You know, and our little minds are like, man, I would just, you know, if I had a bad day, me and Bubbles are just going to go get on the roller coaster and hang out. If I got a bad, if I'm having a bad day, man, we're just going to take a Ferris wheel ride, me and Bubbles. If I'm having a bad day, I'm just going to take a jet to, 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 to Paris and eat escargot. I mean, literally, we, us, because we, we don't have that kind of wealth. I mean, if you do, let's talk after church. There's some land that I think the church could purchase anyway. <laughs> Amen. We don't have that kind of wealth. We don't have Mike's wealth. But you know what he was really trying to do? He was trying to fill a void that had been taken away from him at a young age. He never had a childhood. So that's why he spent the night with little kids, had sleepovers, grown man. It wasn't strange for him because he never had it. Strange for us, but it wasn't strange for him. All the things he ever wanted, he had. Can you imagine that? Remember that question I started with earlier? What if money was not an object? What would you do? Imagine that. Just like, you know what, today I just, you know what? After church, I think I'm just going gonna to fly, fly to Italy, take my wife to dinner, find us a little spot in Sicily somewhere like that maybe, you know, and, and have a bite to eat. Can you imagine just, just being able to do that? And there are people in this world that can do that. But you know what they can't do that many of y'all do fairly well? Now, I ain't saying you're perfect at it, but you do it fairly well. They can't sleep. They don't have peace. We, on this level, struggling to pay our bills, but we have some degree of peace. We can sleep at least four to five hours peacefully. They can't. Why? Because they're constantly trying to feed this demon to get more, to make more, to be more. And I want to tell you, the more we seek, we will not find it in tangible things. It will not come from a sermon that I preach or share. It will not come from a sermon that another pastor preaches or shares. It will come only from God Almighty. Today is not my day to share how you get there. I just want to erase those things that your purpose is not, okay? Your purpose is not your career or your accomplishments, and your purpose is not man-made. It is only God-given. And in order for you to figure out what your purpose is here on life, you need to be in regular communication with the one person who provides that direction. And that's God. And if you're not communicating with him regularly, it's impossible. Yes, I said that word, impossible to discover your purpose here on earth. It is impossible to discover your purpose here on earth. Listen, our purpose begins with whom we know, not what we know. It is impossible to fill your purpose, fulfill your purpose apart from God. Here's a wonderful thing about, about purpose. This is what I love. God never changes. In Jeremiah 29, 11, y'all know this one. What does he say? For I know the plans I have for you. Stop right there. I can read the whole thing, but I'll stop right there. For I know the plans I have for you. 
It doesn't say, for I know the plans I have for you, and I want you to know too. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. It doesn't say, I know the plans I have for you, but you need to figure it out as well. He says, no, for I know the plans I have for you. He doesn't say, I know the plans I have for you, but you need to jump on board. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, and that's all you need to know is that I know, and that's good news for you, baby. I know the plans I have for you, and let me finish it, and it's for good, not disaster. It's for good, not disaster. Why? To give you a hope and a future. Wow. That is good. Because Broderick Maurice Santiago Sr. did not know that he would one day be a pastor. Especially at one point in my life, I didn't like or believe in God. But he knew the plans he had for me, and they were for good and not disaster. I was headed down a disastrous path, but God said, no, baby, keep on going. Just for walk with me. I'm going to get you to where I need to get you to. It's going to hurt the process, of course. It's not going to feel good. You may not agree with the process. I don't need you to agree. I just need you to keep on moving because once I get you there, you'll understand why all that stuff happened in your life. I made it redeemable to use it for what I'm getting ready to do. You are now living in your purpose. Wow. Wow. For I know not your mama, not your daddy, not your pastor, not your best friend, not your girlfriend, not your husband, not your wife, not your children. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. Since he is the author of our plan and our purpose, why the heck are we trying to figure it out on our own? Would you dare try to answer a Shakespearean question on your own without understanding Shakespeare himself? Would you dare try to understand? Yeah, we can, we, can, we, can, we can argue and debate and research and study the intricate writings of this great writer, Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, but we could never know where he was or why he wrote a certain thing at that time. Only William Shakespeare and God knows why he wrote in a particular context in a certain way at a particular time. Some of his friends can say, I think, because they were hanging out with him. Some of his friends can say, well, when we talked about it, he said... But we never know really why he wrote in the way he wrote because only William Shakespeare and God know that. Why am I going to question the author? Why am I going to try to figure this thing out when God says, I know the plans? It's just like you telling your kids, listen, we, you know, you, you telling your kids the plans and they're trying to tell you what, <laughs> what, you, what they think the plans are. My kids do that all the time, juniors specifically. Um, we, we, they'll overhear us having a conversation me and my wife talking about, you know what, maybe we should go for ice cream today. Daddy, we going to ice cream today, right? What time are we going, to I- going for ice cream? I never said we were going for ice cream. I know the plans. Now, you roll with me, and you might get some ice cream. <laughs> but you overhear a conversation, and you're thinking, we're like that. We overhear God saying some thoughts. We, we see God giving us hints to what our life could look like right? We, we hear God just, just instructing us, or we see God blessing our friends, and we think, oh, that same thing going to happen to me in the same way. Uh-uh. 
The same way he knew their plans, he knows your plans, and only he knows it, and only he can change it, and only he can instruct it, and only he can tell you how fast you'll get to it and how you'll get to it and when you'll get to it. All you have to do is be a willing vessel and go along with the flow. That makes life easy, doesn't it? It should. It should literally. It should make life easy to just go on it on cruise control knowing that I'm not in control anyhow. It gets much easier, much easier. Here's the conclusion. Watch this. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. This is, this is what it are. So, so we wonder, like, well, did Solomon ever get it? Does he conclude with what the purpose is for his life? And he does. He doesn't say it completely here, and I'll tell you uh, what I came up with in my studying. But here's what he says in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. That's the whole story. Here. Now is my final conclusion. Ready? This is what it's all about. This is the purpose. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. If I can go back to even Paul here, what does Paul say? I realize that everything that I've done in my life, all of my successes, all of my accomplishments, everything that they, that they, they set me up for was nothing apart from God. Compared to being in relationship with Christ, compared to hanging out with Jesus, compared to representing him in everything that I do, compared to relying on him and not me because I'm just not that smart or talented or gifted, compared to all of that, it was meaningless. And Solomon is saying the same thing. It's so simple, right? To fear God, right? Obey his commands. You're like, you're thinking it's something deeper. But you know, that's one of the hardest things to do. To fear God is not to be afraid of him. To fear God, according to Scripture, is to reverence him, to revere him, to hold him up here. To fear God is the same type of fear you'd have for your mother or father. It's a high level of respect. In other words, I don't figure it out on my own. When you were a kid, you didn't try to figure everything out on your own. You went, Mom, Dad, how do I figure this out? Mom, Dad, can I do this? You went to them for guidance. That what, that's what fearing God is. It's not trying to figure it out on your own. It's going to a higher source like you would go to mom or dad when you were a child. And in some cases, as an adult, I still go to my father or my, my mother for advice. And some of y'all still do too. But it's you're, you're fearing them. It's a healthy type of fear. It's a reverence. It's a high level of respect. Now, what was Solomon's purpose? Yes, part of it was to be a great king. But it was not for his benefit. It was to bring the people of Israel a hope and a future. Under his reign, those people saw more wealth than they'd seen in a long time. They had just come out of exile. This new king is building buildings. He's making the economy strong again. He's got people working. People are buying land. They're, 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 they're occupying the land that was promised to him all is well, but he's getting all the credit. And here it is. He comes to the end of his life and says, you know what? I did a good thing, but my purpose the whole time was for me. I didn't do it for my people. I did it for my people so that I could have a good rep. My purpose was to empower my people and show them that you are greater than, than this wealth. You are greater than all of this stuff. Just some years ago, y'all's ancestors were in exile. Now look at you. 
that's my purpose, to fear God and obey his commands and empower his people. Over these next several weeks, my brothers and sisters, I pray that you catch that very important message, that that's what our purpose is. And I'm going to share with you all, now that we've gone through the process of elimination, we don't ever have to talk about it again. You don't have to ask me or wonder or guess if your career or your accomplishments are your purpose. You don't have to wonder if, if, if your goals that you've wrote, written, man-made, are your purpose. You don't have to, That's gone. We know that we have to rely on God to define who we are and what we are supposed to be doing. So over these next couple of weeks, I hope that you come bring people. I know that y'all know people right now that are lost, not just lost spiritually, but lost in terms of what they want to do with their lives. I know that you all know people right now that are just trying to discover why does life exist? Why do I exist in this life? What is the meaning of life? Get those people here. They don't want to miss. They can miss any other, but they don't want to miss this series. This series is going to really go deeper. All right? Let us pray and then uh, move on. God, I thank you so much for everybody here under the sound of my voice, God. Thank you, God, for allowing us to just really, really, really dig deep into discovering Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.